Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And John is saying these things to the church that they might have fellowship first with God the Father and with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we certainly have fellowship among each other. We're going to look at that word fellowship here shortly because we're on the same page. As Christians, we are on the same page. We, we believe in the essentials. If we are abiding in, in Christ and reading his word, we all are on the same page. That's why you can go from here and you can go to China. You can go to Guam. You can go to anywhere in the world and where there is a body of believers who are holding true to the word of God, you have instant fellowship. Hi, and welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob continues his examination of the beginning part of the Apostle John's epistle. John confirms the invitation to have a relationship and fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. You can enjoy this fellowship even though you don't understand all the intricacies of the Trinity. For example, you can use your eyes even though you don't understand every detail of how your vision works. Similarly, you can know God and believe in Him as He has revealed Himself, even though you can't understand everything about His person or nature. And now let's turn our Bibles to 1 John chapter 1 and follow along with Pastor Rob. To render apparent, to render apparent, to make visible or known what has been hidden or unknown. That's what the word means. His life was currently was, was unknown, and he made himself known to us. That's the great God that we serve. He didn't want to just be in the shadows. He didn't just want to be this unknown entity, this unknown force somewhere. No, God made sure that we could look and see and hear and handle him. He had to come, and he had to pay the price for you and me, for our sin. In John chapter 1, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word means literally tabernacled among us. Of course Jesus existed before he was born in the womb of Mary. He existed for eternity past, before he was incarnate, before he took on flesh, before the Spirit of God spoke and planted that seed in Mary's womb and she bore the Son of God. Before then, he was always in existence, but the word became flesh. This is the very verse that got Pastor Jeff saved. This was the very verse that clinched it for him. He had heard about the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. And then in verse 14, he read that verse, and it was over for him. The search was over. Something clicked. Something just hit him like a, like a freight train. The Word, whoever this Word is, now is a person. This Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We know from the Incarnation. Read Luke chapter 1 and chapter (laughs) 2. It speaks of the Incarnation of Jesus. 
And here in a few months, wow, it just seems like just yesterday we celebrated Christmas and we're coming upon it again. We're going to read about it again. In John chapter 1, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. This life. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Isn't that the awful thing, that light has come, and men would rather choose darkness than to choose light? And that's because of our old nature, this nature that we were born with, a corrupt nature that is bent on rebellion. It's, it's, it's consumed with sin. And I'm so glad that God saved me. I'm so glad that Jesus saved me. Are you still glad for your salvation? Are you still amazed beyond belief that God rescued you from a life that could be spent far from him in eternal torment? And he saved you and me, that we would not see or spiritual death, which lasts for eternity, by the way. It is not a pretty place. It's a place of fire. It's a place of torment. And you will have a body outfitted for eternity that can withstand the flames of hell. That is a horrible thing. And God says, I don't want that. It's not my will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance through my Son, Jesus Christ. In verse 2 there it says, The life was manifested. We've seen and we've heard and we bear witness and declare to you that eternal life. Remember that word I had you underline? Well, that word eternal life literally means aeonios. And this word is literally without beginning and without end. That which has always been and always will be. It's the Greek word aeonios. Eternal life. Aeonios zoe. (laughs) Eternal life. It's always been and it always will be. Jesus is the uncreated one. No one created him. He's the one who did the creating. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Read Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. It talks about by him and for them, for him were they created. All things that were created. Nothing was created that he didn't know about. He created all things. And even though he was incarnate, he ever lived before he created the heavens and the earth. In 1 John chapter 5, which is in this very epistle that we're reading, it says that we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true are you in christ do you know that he is true his son jesus christ and it says this is the true god and eternal life jesus christ in the old testament prophets in micah chapter 5 this is a verse we know very well verse 2 it says but you bethlehem Ephrathah, this prophecy that had been given hundreds of years before Jesus would be born. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one, capital O, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are what? From of old, from everlasting. Jesus Christ from everlasting. He is the uncreated one. He is the eternal life. In John chapter 17, you remember when Jesus uh, spoke in the upper room right before he was arrested. He spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh, over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life. Notice, he defines eternal life again. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Jesus himself. 
reminding them that he is the eternal he is eternal life going on to verse 3 it says that which we notice the word we i would encourage you to underline these these pronouns <laughs> and we have seen and heard I'm sorry, that which we have seen and heard, notice, we declare to you, John including himself in this, that you also may have fellowship with us, with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And I love this because John is saying, that which we have seen, that which we have heard, come and have fellowship with us. Have fellowship. He's not giving them stories or fables. You know, I, I really dislike the idea of even the phrase Bible stories because it makes it sound like there's fiction involved. When we think of a story, I think of Rapunzel. I think of Pinocchio. These are fiction. This is Disney. But a Bible story is, I hate the term, it's, it's, it's Bible facts. It's real history. Bible history. I mean, we don't have to be dogmatic and legalistic about this, but you, I think you understand my point. Because when I think of a story, I think of something that's fiction. But when we read the Bible, we're reading about real life. We're reading about real people and real places and time. They are not stories. He says, we have seen it. We have heard it. It's not just some fable. And, that, and he's, John is saying these things to the church that they might have fellowship first with God the Father. And with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we certainly have fellowship among each other. We're going to look at that word fellowship here shortly. Because we're on the same page. As Christians, we are on the same page. We, we believe in the essentials. If we are abiding in, in Christ and reading his word, we all are on the same page. That's why you can go from here and you can go to China. You can go to Guam. You can go to anywhere in the world and where there is a body of believers who are holding true to the word of God, you have instant fellowship because we can talk about things that are here and we all, our minds are on the same page. Our hearts are all united. And you may have never met them before, but that's the beautiful thing about the unity of the body of Christ. We will love the things that Jesus loves and we'll hate the things that he hates because we have the same divine nature indwelling each one of us. We see things the same way. Remember Jesus in John chapter 3, he said, that which is born of, 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 of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. We're all born physically but we need to be reborn. We need to be born again. We need to be born from above and that's what that is talking about. We are born of the Spirit of God. And you know, we often use the term brainwashing. You know, in our culture, when I think of the term brainwashing, it often has a, a negative connotation, doesn't it? Does it not? When you say brainwashing, that's, we always use that in a negative connotation. But let me suggest to you that I love to be brainwashed. I need to be brainwashed, and so do you. And, and that may sound kind of weird coming from a platform, but let me tell you, the greatest washing we can uh, uh, go through is the washing of the water of the Word of God. I need for my brain, my heart, my mind, everything to be scrubbed with fuller soap. <laughs> I need it to be scrubbed and make it made as white as snow. I need to be thinking differently. I need to be renewed for my very being. That, I, I need that. We need to be that. We need to be brainwashed. 
I love it in Romans chapter 12, Paul says this to them. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, and this is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but here it is, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to be renewed and transformed. The word transform is a word that we use. It comes from a Greek word, metamorpho, and that's where we get our word metamorphosis. Something that changes from one form to another. Remember in Matthew 17, when Jesus was transfigured before the apostles. That's literally what happened. He became, they said his clothes, his, his face changed and he was glistering. I mean, he had this, there was something Wonderful that was happening when they saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. Just a smidgen of his glory was being revealed as they stood on the mountain and they saw him being transformed before their very eyes. It's the same word. He was transformed. He was transfigured before them. Same exact thing. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. It's the same word we we talk about a caterpillar. You know, for those who are interested in biology, you have a caterpillar. And the caterpillar lives for a certain amount of time. And that caterpillar at some point in its life span, its life cycle, all of a sudden it starts to molt and it starts to shed that exoskeleton. And all of a sudden the wings start to come out. God designed it that way. They didn't evolve from a caterpillar to a, to a butterfly. No, it's always been a butterfly. Because the end result is the butterfly. From the beginning it's been that way. There's no missing link in the fossil record, folks. <laughs> caterpillar becomes a butterfly the metamorphosis occurs very naturally it's a wonderful thing to see and some of you have seen it happen that's the word and renewing we need a renovation in our hearts and our minds now if you're born again this morning that renovation has already taken place but let me suggest to you that it needs to continue to take place i need to relearn the things that i've learned in my past before i came to christ my head was filled with a bunch of junk it was filled with a bunch of secular ideas phrases uh uh things that i would use have you ever heard the phrase um god helps those who help themselves You won't find it in the Bible. In fact, God helps those who can't help themselves. But, oh, I held on to that proverb. Because I was so selfish, I didn't want to help anybody else. God helps those who help themselves, so help yourself. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't see you wallowing in your sin and in your despair and say, God helps those who help themselves, brother. Stand on your feet. No, he saved the soul. He changed the man on the inside. He changed the woman on the inside. And then they were able to walk. Then they were able to do the things that he had equipped them to do. Because the seed of salvation was in them. In germ form. And it would blossom. Become something beautiful. And that's what you and I are. We are like this. We're going through this metamorphosis. God is just changing us from the inside. And one day it's going to be complete when he comes down. And we see him in the clouds. And he says come up here and our bodies will be changed. There's going to be a metamorphosis for us. I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to that day. To be done with the aching bones. To be done with the fear of cancer. To be done with the fear of whatever it is for any of you. The difficulties physically you're struggling with will be over. There'll be no more crying, no more tears. Our bodies will be made perfect. And we will stand before the great king. That's what this word means. 
We need a renovation, a complete change for the better. That's what that word renewing, we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. And make sure that your opinions, your thoughts about everything, when we talk about this metamorphosis, this change, let it affect every fabric of your being. Don't compartmentalize your life. Allow the Lord to dominate everything of your thinking, changing your opinions concerning everything, concerning your politics, every single thing. Let the word of God dictate all those things, and you will be blessed. You may not be liked, but you're going to be blessed. In fact, I can tell you right now, you're not going to be liked. Anyone who tells you that living the life of Christ and being born again and living this life, this eternal life that Jesus encourages to, and having fellowship with him, anyone who says, oh, it's going to be gravy train from here on out, they are lying to you. In one sense, it's going to be better than it's ever been, eclipsing far the the, the earth's toys and the joys. It'll far surpass those things, but there'll be also another reality, and that is you will be persecuted. Those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's not a message you want to share to convert believers, right? But it's true. You can't leave that out. That's the reality. We have to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help us God, (laughs) right? But in verse 3, he says that you may have fellowship with us. And this word fellowship is a word we know very well. It's koinonia. It's the Greek word koinonia. It's a partnership. It literally is one person having a joint participation with another person in something possessed in common by both. There is an equal stake in it. And that's what fellowship really is, an equal stake in everything. Everything that happens to you, everything that happens to me, we're together, we are one. And there is real joy in fellowshipping with Jesus. Turn with me to John chapter 17, because this is one of the most wonderful chapters in all of the Bible that speaks of unity and fellowship, and it speaks of our oneness with God. In John chapter 17, it's referred to as Jesus' high priestly prayer, and I would encourage you to read this whole entire chapter and underline the pronouns that are in here. It is amazing to me the, the oneness and the unity that this chapter encapsulates. He uses words like us, we, them, uh, I, you, and, and there's so many pronouns, and it's all combining us, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and, and, and all of believers together, the disciples, and certainly us, Gentiles. Now, we're just going to read, um, you can read uh, chapter, or verse 6, excuse me, down through verse 19, and that really just speaks of Jesus praying for his disciples. Uh, let's read it. <laughs> it's so good, let's read it. Verse 6, he, Jesus said to them, this is in the, um, again, sometime around before he was taken on that night. He says, I have manifested your name, and he's praying to God, his Father. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came forth from you, and that they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those who you have given me, for they are yours. 
And all are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. In other words, Jesus was saying there's coming a time where I'm 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 going to ascend to the heavens. And he says, and I am glorified in them, and now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those who you have given me, that that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. And those who you have given me I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, who is Judas, by the way, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world. Remember John says, these things that we have heard, these things that we have seen, these things that we have heard, Jesus saying, but I come to you, and these things I've spoken in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. It's hated them. Because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. I wish he would. (laughs) I would love for the Lord to just say, and there's coming a day where it is going to happen. But for now, we are here to be lights in a very, very dark place. They are not of the world, verse 16. Just as I am not of the world, sanctify them. Set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Sanctified by the truth. And then in verse 20 through the 26, he speaks of you and I, Gentiles. If you're not Jewish this morning and you're a Gentile, this applies to you. Because notice, up to now in this verse, in this chapter, Jesus has been talking about his disciples, the Jewish people. But notice how we're grafted in now in verse 20. It says, I do not pray for these alone, Jesus said, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. You know, I love the fact that we know our spiritual DNA. You know, Jesus spoke to his disciples. Do you know your spiritual heritage? We may not know all the things in the the middle, but we know that it started with Christ and then his disciples. His disciples shared with many in the Asia Minor, in that area, and that word went out all over the world. And then finally, somewhere, a boat leaves England in the 17th century, or 16th century, 17th century, goes over and America is started. And who knows the people that were there at that time, the Indians? Maybe they knew already. Don't really know. And then, hundreds of years later, someone spoke to Pastor Chuck Smith. Pastor Chuck Smith receives Christ. He begins a church. Out of that church comes Bill Gallatin. Bill Gallatin comes to the Finger Lakes and Victor. Out of that church comes Pastor Jeff. And out of Pastor Jeff comes me. This is what you get. But, you know, you see, we, we know, we, we can clearly, I mean, we may not know everybody in between, but there's a clear line. It came from Christ, and it, and, and it, and it started, and it, it's here, and it's, it's, it's not ending. It's beginning, continuing through each one of us. Each one of us, it continues. Be vocal about your faith. Tell people the truth. Don't be afraid. What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? Most people that you see in just a few years, you're never going to see them again. I don't know about you, but as I, as I live and I'm, I'm, I'm realizing how our life truly is a vapor, folks, it's time for us to wake up. Your life is like this. You must wake up. Church, wake up. 
We have to stop playing games. Some of you may not be playing games. Some of you may be doing exactly what the Lord has called you to do, but you need to do His will. You need to get into the game. You're being lulled to sleep by so many things, and it's taking you off the course. And He has given you a narrow path. You need to walk on that path. There's going to be great joy on that narrow path, trust me. You're going to have a peace and a joy that no one can ever take away from you. But you need to get serious about your relationship with Jesus again. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.